CHP Radio on the Hackers Paradise Podcast Network, your number one source for all things golf. Subscribe on iTunes to never miss an episode. Hello, you golfing legends, and welcome back to another episode of the original Off Course. I'm your host, Dan Edwards, and joining me uh, for the first time in 2024, ideally not the last, though, is Mr. James Miles. Welcome back. Back again. Happy New Year, um, etc. Yeah, it's been a, a way too busy January. Has it? My <laughs> oh, January yeah. sucked. Well, I mean, at least you have like really crummy weather. We're, we've had good weather and then crummy weather and then financial stuff and then sick kids. And, you know, it's life. I'm familiar with, yeah, all that. All that, sure. yeah. Um, it, it's amazing, dude, how quickly golf gets thrown on the back burner. And it's a combination of emotionally crippling and sort of self-destructive but i believe you're a little bit different because number one you you typically get to play more than i do throughout <laughs> the year being in oklahoma but also you have a pretty nice indoor setup now so are, are you at least stealing some time one way or the other to get some swings in uh, i do have the garage sim going on and there's there's some changes coming to the garage sim very soon that are exciting too but uh, I, I actually, I got everything kind of straightened back out uh, this week, as a matter of fact, after, you know, how Christmas stuff and decorations and everything else take over everything. So it took over my <laughs> simulator too. Uh, but we've kind of, we've sorted that all out now. So yeah, I, I'm getting back to work in there. And of course it's release season. Um, so I think three nights over the last seven days, I've been up till 2am finishing articles, which is, you know, cool. You remember those days. I want to back it up a little bit here. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I, it just makes me laugh because a lot of people talk about buying like an exercise bike or a um, <laughs> or a, an elliptical or something and like that clothes and, on it and it immediately becomes <laughs> uh, like a clothes hanger yep. of sorts for a, uh, you, you made it sound like the simulator had a <laughs> similar fate and I'm like oh no because because I know that I've been there look I don't want to work out I, I would definitely prefer hitting balls than working out but yeah, so it, it wasn't that bad. It, it was short lived. It was, I mean, yeah, it was it was from Christmas Day until until this week, so it wasn't that bad. It's just you know all the stuff, the boxes and the cardboard and Christmas lights and all that jazz. And I would kind of go out there, and then it started to get cold in the garage. So I'm like, I don't really want to clean it up today, and it, it just turned into a little while. But then luckily, with some of the some of the reviews and some of the releases coming up, I had more motivation to get it clean and get some stuff done. <clears throat> well we've got pga show coming up here we've got endless releases from companies so you made mention that it's been rather busy on your end mm -hmm. if, if you look at the thb homepage you'll definitely see the fruits of james's labor all over the all over the homepage there has it been the same of, of as what you've seen in the past or does 24 have a bit of a different flavor to it i it's a tough one though because there there's i mean the motions are always the same because you know who's going to come about what point in january when they're going to drop things what what's been interesting to see is um kind of the attention to detail in some of the releases compared to others um and some of the names that have historically been very big on having like that big tech heavy story just kind of have a story it's not it's not as as detailed but uh the good is great and i i mean i we've said it you and i had the conversation on your show last year about it was like the year of the driver well crap it feels like it's the year of the driver again 
Um, and I don't know when we're going to be able to stop saying that, but, but it does. There's, there's, there's a lot of familiarity. It's my favorite time of year. I like being busy. I like having deadlines. I like going through all this other stuff. Uh, and then it starts to roll in and get to hit it. And that's even better. So, yeah, it, it it's funny from my end because I, I get a taste of it certainly, but I'm not getting super intimate with the tech details in, in a writing fashion. So, you know, someone can slip and, 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 uh, sneak by me, but it, it it's interesting how there's some familiarity with a lot of new concepts involved. I mean, you have little components of things that feel familiar, but then you have stories that sort of shift over time, which I think is really interesting. I'll, I'll give you a nice example of that. Uh, Cobra as an, uh, uh, as a prime example here has talked arrow for years now. And we've seen little tidbits talking about the, 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 how critical it is for clubhead speed to have quality aerodynamics. And if you don't have that, regardless of how hot your face is, you're giving up distance to every goal oh, swing. Yeah. Realistically. Yeah. Um, and yet I want to, I want to take this a different direction and maybe we can sort of roll it back together eventually. But I feel like, I feel like companies get so wrapped up in focusing on a singular thing that they ignore other components of it. And then suddenly it comes back to it. Like I'll give you an example uh, I, other than Cobra, which I feel like everyone wants good aerodynamics. People just aren't really talking about it. And now we have these new products coming out that are maybe a little bit more featured on the things like MOI or forgiveness. Mm -hmm. And yet it's not really talked about on the surface for a lot of companies for a lot of years. That's got to be fun and, and curious and weird to follow along with. Like, why does this company ignore this for five years? And then suddenly it's the entire story they tell. Well, it's, it, it it's piecing together a puzzle, right? Because the sequence of releases and, and you have a company that has their thing and, and they stick to their thing and, and they pump, pump it up, pump it up, pump it up. And the good ones, um, the good ones, as far as marketing are concerned, they transition it, right? They don't do what you just said, where the focus just completely shifts. And you can kind of, at least in my mind, I can kind of get a feel on where a company's pulse is based on that. Are you telling an a, a complete story or are you going from um, this one thing all of a sudden to another? And even if your driver still features uh, whatever arrow package or uh, face design, variable face thickness, weighting, whatever else. It features that same thing you talked about the last year. Now you don't talk about it anymore. That tells me that you're kind of, I don't want to say in the wind, but but almost trying to catch the trends, if that makes sense. And, and we have a couple of releases this year, especially in drivers that that are, I feel like, going after trendy terms again. Um I mean, and, and I'm not even talking like with AI. AI was that way last year. You and I discussed that a lot. A lot of people are starting to throw around the words AI and the, the meanings vary, but but like MOI is this year's thing for me. I mean, we've talked about MOI forever, right? Well, now all of a sudden it's become like the focal issue for some of these companies that didn't really focus on it that much, or if they did, they, they didn't make it their identity. And now it feels like they're trying to make it their identity. And that's 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 always an interesting interesting thing for me. Yeah. So what I find fascinating about that is I feel like there's a lot of examples like arrows, a different 
conversation because you can refine arrow to a certain yeah. level. I'm There's not so sure many ways to do it and change in it in any yeah. specific way. Uh, with the exceptions of, I'm assuming things like weight that that limit your ability or, or limit your ability to do a, a bunch of weird stuff. Let's yeah. be honest with the driver head, but something like MOI, for example, there are they're all playing to the same capped number, mm-hmm. and and it was kind of my impression that most quality drivers out there are pushing up against the limit in everything they do, and it's a matter of that sort of one plus one plus one equals five conversation more than anything else. And and for, for people to highlight, I'm going to ask two questions here Mm -hmm. for for people to highlight something like that. Is that suggesting that their former drivers were not at that level? Um, And then secondary to that, are they missing a piece of the equation for this year that would put them ahead of the table in these other elements that other companies are talking about, forcing them to focus on something they are capped at. I think, I mean, the, the MOI thing is interesting because you, you mentioned with limits and, and what people fail to realize is MOI's conversation has now changed to total MOI is what you see from some of these companies combined MOI. Because there's two different MOI measurements, right? And, and historically, it's it's the the heel toe, for lack of a better term, MOI is the one that everybody initially really focused on the most. Uh, but there's another MOI rating that you could now uh, that has always been measured. And now, if you slap those two numbers together, you can go after this big number. Uh, and ten thousand is that number this year, right? We're seeing TaylorMade and we're seeing Ping uh, create drivers that have a total MOI of, of over ten thousand. Uh, and it, and it's pretty cool, but to me, it, it almost feels like at times that when that focus shift happens that much, it is because, um, somewhere else in the story, there's not as big of a change. Um, for Ping's case, it's a, a new driver within the same lineup, right? It's, it's a max 10 K instead of a 430 max. So it gets a little bigger, but it still falls in the same lineup in TaylorMade's case. Uh, it was this, this, I feel like almost desire to do something different, uh, and, and to change everything entirely. And, and MOI became the go-to with it, which is, it's a very, a very different pulse from them, right? They're not talking big time speed. They're not talking big distance. They're not throwing out bold claims. Uh, they're just talking about 10,000 total MOI, even though it's only in one of the three driver heads, um, I've gone completely off track from your two questions that you asked now. No, I, th- I think but, it, it, it all adds to the sum of the conversation, which is these wild trends that, that tend to happen in club design and club marketing is that they, the, you end up focusing on the hot topic, just like the, the popular colors for a year, yeah. the popular styles for a year. It's, it's, it's a natural thing to shift toward that. Um, but it's also interesting to see, okay, which company is sliding down that trend and which company is kind of just doing their own thing. Yeah. And, and who's trying to just create some kind of change for the sake of it, right. To mm-hmm. find, to just to find something that, that kind of sticks. I mean, you can look at, at the TaylorMade thing with their new infinity crown, right? Gone is the frame crown that they kind of put on the forefront uh, with the carbon cap that sits around it with the titanium frame, because obviously they've gone more and more carbon heavy. Well, now you have Cobra and the Callaways that are using these frame designs and probably doing it better, uh, visually at least. 
Um, so you have to float away from that and go do something else, or at least you tell yourself you do. The ones that are most interesting to me are the ones that are are sticking to the things that they do and they're building on it year by year. I feel like that's where Cobra's at, right? We mentioned that. We mentioned the Aerojet. We mentioned Aero. They've talked about aerodynamics forever. And last year, what did they add to that? They added Power Bridge. Um, what have they done this year? They've taken Power Bridge and they've evolved it uh, in in the way that it's that it's implemented. And and I think it's 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 an interesting thing to see who comes up with a total of ideas versus who comes up with a main point of an idea. If that makes sense, it does. I, I think evolution is an interesting component to that too. Because you take a risk when you create something that's different or new or mm-hmm. challenges the norm. Um, I don't think an example like carbon fiber that rolls around the head is the perfect one for this example for me. But things like uh, jailbreak is a really good example. Jailbreak is a good example. Um, jailbreak sort of redefined the impact potential, at least based on the arguments from Callaway. Um, and then if you look at the latest drivers, they're actually not there. Uh, but if you look into the tech specs, you look into the detail and the concepts, they've actually redefined that whole frontal location mm-hmm. to say, like, we've reinforced this in the same design logic or at least a functional logic that that jailbreak presented. And we've done it in a more mass efficient way, which I, I think is fascinating. It's not to say that they've totally separated from mm-hmm. we don't think that deflection concern is uh, a part of the conversation anymore. We've just found a more efficient or a more evolved way of, of dealing with it. Well, that's that, that right there is always the ones who, who don't just all of a sudden a new release comes and there's no mention of jailbreak anymore. Right. That's not what's happening there. Um, it's, it's an acknowledgement that look, we tested this with jailbreak without jailbreak. The, the AI simulations told us we could be more efficient without it. We, we created heads, we tested it and it was true. So we're getting the same things, right? The same performance attributes without that mass right there. That's telling the story. And that's what, that's all that for me, that's the big struggle with, with the big chase of MOI that we're seeing now. Tell me the story. Tell me why. Tell me why this is so important that you're slugging all this weight around these outside perimeters. Tell me what it does, because for both of these drivers right now, and I'm not trying to pick on anybody, but the big issue with that 10K thing is, yeah, it's a cool number for people to look at. They're slapping some really cool stickers on the drivers and they sell them, but they're not explaining the story well enough. Unless you're going to a place like THP, you're not having it explained to you enough of what does that MOI do for your game and what does it do for the driver in terms of spin and launch and those kind of things. Um, that's, that's my big, my big takeaway from this release cycle. And I know we're stuck on drivers there, but drivers are where it's most obvious, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, you, you can talk about irons till you're blue in the face, but the, <laughs> you're not going to sell a lot of people, uh, considering how finite the, the variances are between mm-hmm. the heads and s- specifically between model lines. I mean, you can't take a huge leap without having negative consequences come with it. Um, but I, I think drivers are a really good example because it's so obvious, it's so clear, and then you're seeing, um, you know, different, very different takes on technology introduced that that support the same level of efficiency, uh, but do it in their own way, which I think is really interesting. I look at um, a company like Mizuno, and they they have a great product. It's just they're they're sort of off doing it in their own version of the sense and. And and who cares about what the trends are? 
Yeah, I think I think Cleveland Trixon kind of falls that way too, right? <clears throat> Especially if we if we go to the Metalwood things. I just finished the reviews of of the the new launcher driver, um, the XL2, and that's case in point with their rebound frame that they've been using and they've implemented into the the Trixon drivers as well. Like that is a totally different methodology of creating more efficient transfer of energy back into the golf ball, faster ball speed, right? Um, than anyone else is doing. And it works. It works really, really well. And it's a totally different concept of it. And and they they are sticking in their lane and they're and they are doing that and they're owning it. I feel like Mizuno's a lot the same way with their internal weighting and, and what they've moved to this year. They have something that's theirs that nobody else is doing. And they're owning that and they're telling that story. To me, that's that's the most exciting uh, kind of product that you get out there. It's whenever you kind of fall into the mud of, uh, hey, this is what we're doing. Here it is. Take it. Well, why? Right? What- you know what I've always found fascinating about Cleveland Srixon, James, is that they've found a way, and I guess you could say Zexio as well, being that it's effectively under the same umbrella, mm-hmm. found a way to keep themselves true to form in each of the three sets and groups uh, while supporting blended technologies. Uh, I, I feel like that would be such a hard thing. If you told me to design two irons two days apart, they'd probably look the freaking same, right? <laughs> Let's be honest. And, and it, it's not to say that it's that simple to create an iron, but you know, I, I've always appreciated that from them, that they have their own identities throughout their lineups, um, but are willing to to carry over technology that's very functional from one set to the other. I, I think that's that's quite curious. I think that's when you know a, a, a company is really comfortable with their innovation. Um, when Cleveland, we first started to see like the Cleveland tricks on thing, you and I had the conversations about how they were going to balance it. Is Cleveland just going to become a wedge company? You know, is Trixon going to take over everything else? What's going to change with it? And I feel like they've really found a great balance. The other one that's found a great balance within all that's Tour Edge. And their hot launch stuff is kind of the same way. They're taking this technology from their exotics lines and they're not afraid to implement it in the hot launch stuff, which is a totally different segment. And yeah, if they can too, which I think is the most yeah, piece, yeah, right? Yeah, and, and they're taking these things that are proven <laughs> that they have the story to and the why, and they can prove to you, they can show us why they do what they do, and they're implementing it down the line. I think that's... That's a company that that is very comfortable in their own skin, and it's that's why it's fun to see those ones that may not have the you know the the biggest marketing team, the biggest R and D teams of all, but they're still innovating and they're still pushing. Um, they're not just crap. What do we do? Let's slap AI on it, as because this other company has made AI this popular term, even though we're not doing anything like it. They're not doing those things, and I and I respect that. <laughs> Well, do you think it's it's beneficial for a company to live on an island or to compete with others? I, I've always found this interesting because you have you have companies like Mizuno who who do a much better job of that from a, I feel like from a, a wood sense than they would from probably an iron sense. Um, versus, there are a number of them that sort of you can tell they're sort of lining up against each other and then creating concepts against each other. It, it's very evident that that's occurring. I think Mizuno is a really good example right there. It, Cause in my opinion, you want competition and you want to compete head to head. If you're top three or four in a segment, right? 
And by segment, I'm talking like, let's say drivers versus irons versus wedges versus whatever. If you're not inside that top range of it all, then you probably are okay with being on your island and doing what you're doing and creating your own identity. I think those are the companies that do it the best. I think that's why Mizuno is starting to see more success in Metalwoods. They kind of stepped themselves off and, and reinvented what they realized they needed to address. I mean, we saw Titleist do this uh, with their, with their, their search for speed as we get it, as we got into the TS wood sets, they basically stepped back and found a different way to do it. And now as, as it's taken now, yeah, you're right back in the hunt and you're at the top of the game again. I think that's, that it's easier said than done. And it takes a lot of patience and you see which companies have patience and which ones don't, but some companies can't afford patience either. It's all about how much can you move? How much product can you move so we can stay alive? And that's fair too. So I, I want to point out, I think that it's really interesting that a couple of companies have, who have traditionally spoken out against others in their, I guess, uh, realm, you could <laughs> say, um, th- those top four or five companies willing to combat each other, notably, have have almost ignored that there's competition and simply referenced for 2024, like, hey, we don't really care what everyone else is doing. This is what this new product does against our last product, which was phenomenal. I, I think that's a really interesting evolution in the tech stories that are going into these products is the willingness to say, we don't really care what other people are doing. We believed in this product and now we've come out with a more efficient product that you should definitely check out because it's doing these things better than our last one, which we, which we thought was awesome. It's it's the interesting. I mean, we're a long way away from the paint wars that we had, right? Whenever all the because remember, like the the black sheep ad that was done for, for white paint versus black paint. Yeah, and, you know, it was Callaway and TaylorMade kind of throwing things at each other uh, in all this, and it was really fun for us. Um, but it, it was very. I mean, at one point, the marketing was very vitriolic, right? They were they were going at each other, whereas now. It's a totally like I I mean I I wrote the Callaway driver release I wrote the TaylorMade driver release and neither one of them have any acknowledgement towards each other and they're all they're both focusing on their own thing which is which is which is interesting for Callaway's stance they're the number one driver in golf with Paradigm right so to take to take that and what you're creating and test it directly against that and not what everybody else is doing is a pretty bold move because you're basically saying we're already the best so why do we need to worry about everything else. Like that's, that's, that's bold without saying it, um, on TaylorMade's end, it, it, because of that, it almost feels a little bit different this year where that boldness is now, well, we're just going to, we're going to get in our lane. Like we kind of just talked about, right. We're going to change. We're going to evolve. We're going to create this thing and we're going to focus on this thing and we're going to go with that. And and we're going to focus on us against us, but it's not for the same reasons that the other one is. I don't know. I, I love golf marketing because it's, it's so interesting to see why they do what they do and what, and to think about what they might be thinking. Meanwhile, all these engineers are busting their humps to create all these amazing technological things. And then how is the story going to be told to us? Yeah. I feel like in a lot of ways for them, it it really doesn't make any difference because they can't use that product logic anyway to incorporate into their new technology (laughs) because then they'll just get ripped apart. Um, I, I, I want to add another company in the mix because it's actually part of what I've been fairly critical about is I feel like ping has lived on its own Island for a very long time. And in just about every, uh, in just about every sense, mm-hmm. I, I, I think they operate in a world that, um, 
that they look at what they're doing is correct and don't really care what everyone else is doing. They don't seem to be concerned about competing with others and, and, and they do quite well, which mm-hmm. is fascinating uh, in its own, but maybe it's different because they've been one of the more popular heads and they've been in, in a fairly good spot, but I feel like where it benefits Mizuno, I feel like it almost hinders ping. Is that, is that crazy to think that? Hinders them how? Well, I'm to like long term. No, I, I, I think just generally when you look at it, if, if, if there are companies that come out and say like, Hey, we're doing better than this company, mm-hmm. which is basically marketing one one for the last yeah. Oh, 15 yeah. years in golf, right? For, well, for any product anywhere. <laughs> yeah. So for them to just kind of come on and say, Hey, whatever we're paying, it's like, do you not, do you not want to measure yourself up against them? Yeah. And it's funny though, because it's, it's also the most ping thing ever. Right. <laughs> I mean, it is it, like when we talk about it, like that's, that's the way, like, even on our community, it's the way it's referenced. Like that's a very ping release, you know, because it, it is what they do, which is so fascinating too, because as we talk about these companies and this journey of finding the thing, I mean, ping was the one that came in out of nowhere with this, with this I two thing. Right. And these monstrous putters with their heel toe waiting and all of this and bringing these, what are these, what are these crank hosel plumbers neck things, but they did all that and they disrupted and, and they changed everything else. And it's like, once they did that, they were just very comfortable with, okay, yeah, we're, we're in our bubble. Maybe we're that's what, what it do. is, man. Maybe that's what it is that you I, see them do that in the past. And mm-hmm. it's like, okay, are you just, are you good then? Or like, but I, when's I think the next one, I think with part of that is when that happened, they they grasped hold of a whole new demographic and whole new generations, right? Because they were everywhere. They were they were the grassroots golf company. They were in every pro shop. Every collegiate kid played ping for a long time. Um, juniors, I mean, they still have a lot of that hold that goes there. So once you establish that, you're now having these high-level athletes and, and golfers that are coming through to colleges still playing your stuff, and now they're going to the PGA playing your stuff, and everybody's seeing it and everybody knows these stories and these legends and these things that go with it, you can kind of just sit there and rest on it. The interesting thing for me, though, is what's going to happen in 10 or 15 years because we're not seeing them as dominant in those grassroots situations as they once were. And they're not pushing to become more dominant, which kind of circles back to what we're talking about, right? They're very much... And I have no problem with it. Look, I, you know me. I've played ping a lot in my life. I, I've been a very a very big supporter of it when they do good. And I've been critical of them when they, they miss on some things, but I feel like that's, that's going to be one of those stories that plays out of if you're starting to see other companies take hold in these areas and these avenues that allowed you to get to this point where you can say, we're paying, we do what we do. And I don't care about what anybody else does. Um, but you're not going to continue to at least stabilize that. Then it has to decline. And when it declines, what are you going to do now? Because you're out of touch with with these other demographics and market bases that you could tap into. I don't know. It's it, ping ping for me has always been the great enigma because of that though. And we're off in Arizona and we do what we do and you guys do what you do in California, right? Well, off on uh, off on their own world doing their own thing, which which is great, but I have long lived and and maybe this is a criticism of myself, but I've long lived of uh not necessarily of what have you done for me lately? But what has been put in front of me lately, I think, is more realistic in, in what, I, what I'm what i looking at. 
if, if there's an opportunity to engage or experience or uh, see firsthand like that, that is a massive component mm-hmm. of the golf industry from a, from a product perspective, I think. Uh, you see it from golf balls to what golf balls is a lot easier, obviously, but you know, if, if you, if you don't get your product in front of new people, then you can only rely on those who have pure and utter faith in your product to tell the story. Um, as much as there are many people who flock to places like THP to get technology stories based on the new product lines, there's still that secondary form of validation that needs to occur um, and a want to hit. So if I, like, for example, if I go to, um, the local shop and, and, and try and hit some stuff is paying necessarily going to be at the front. I've criticized companies like Mizuno for this, like, Hey, your irons are always right there. What about the rest of it? Yep. You know, that that's the challenge is if it's not in front of people, the likelihood of their willingness to hit it is probably going to be diminished. And, and the other part is places like club champion. If someone walks in there, they're not going to walk in and be like, man, I just, I I feel like Ping has been really talking up their new product. Like you have to work pretty hard to see that. I feel like. Yeah. It's, it's an interesting little bubble because I I don't know the way the, I'm just a very big, it like just resting on the laurels or, or creating something and just that's it for eternity is just not a very good way to go about things um, in terms of business. Now, obviously Ping is Ping's, Ping is doing just fine without yeah, my criticisms. Yeah, that's the crazy part, right? They are doing just fine without my criticisms, and Marty Jurdson is laughing at, at these these things that go with it. But at the same time, we've already seen some chinks in the armor and the change of it all with, like, look what Bob Parsons did by stepping in and hiring away some of their most talented. And there were a few years there where Ping got very, kind of like you said, like, what have you done for me lately? They got very redundant on releases. I mean, I would make, you could make the argument other than slapping a carbon crown on it, their current driver is pretty redundant from the previous generation. But that is at the same time I say that that's always been paying, right? Yeah, I wish I could say I knew, but you know, I've I've hit it enough to to understand what the technology is there, but not enough to say, uh, are they making revolutionary changes in their technology uh, enough to convince masses to change to their product and and i say this lovingly i i think every golf company who builds products needs an opportunity in everyone's bag i i i'm looking at this more from the consumer perspective yes. of can we please convince everyone to go hit everything and put the <laughs> best product in their bag so we don't have to watch them fail <laughs> you yeah, know what I, mean? I mean i mean that's the that's the 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 biggest thing the biggest story like there's so much equipment that that i hit every single year that you you look at it and you just go man why is that not getting like more more talk more play more whatever regardless of company and i i have i have nothing against ping ping makes damn good drivers they do like it, it is what it is like these companies are making great equipment but but there's so many things i'm fascinated by getting stuck now in this modern age of golf equipment of I only play X. Right. Well, this is an encouragement, right? It's not a criticism. Overall. No, no. And like you said, you, you are kind of a ping homer in a lot of ways. So <laughs> for a long time, yeah. the fact that uh, you're sitting here with a smile on your face, like I can see you eagerly just thinking about ping products right now, almost like it's a, it's a, a reminder of your, your good old days. <laughs> it's in my DNA. 
Yeah, dude. <laughs> I, I really think it is. Um, but yeah, I, I think Tourge is a great example of that as well. I, they, they make such good products and they have a whole lineup that is unbelievably well-priced. The, the chances of people going and hitting it should be much higher than it probably is, but you know, just accessibility is a challenging thing. And, uh, I, I guess we're kind of going full circle on the whole concept, but I, I am curious overall from everything you've seen, what is the product that you presume this year will make the biggest splash? I'll give you two ones. Number one in your bag and number two in people willing to switch to that from another company. Oh man. The switch thing is so hard because people like we just said, are just really, really stubborn. Um, in my you bag, get a in front of you or what? Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> I, in my bag, uh, a seven wood. Nice. Like I, I really, I've, I, I've been a, a, a Callaway UW guy for a long time now, but some of the versatility I'm getting off the seven wood, it, and and the new, the new paradigm AI smoke is, is wild. It plays like a, you know, four and a half wood distance wise, but way easier to hit. As far as like like the club that people are going to we're going to see the most like acceptance of man. Oh, I mean, I think it's probably going to be between it's going to be drivers and it's probably going to be between dark speed and AI smoke. I was, I was because, wondering if you're going to say AI won the putters. Uh, well, like, I didn't see, and I didn't, my mind didn't even get there to putters yeah. because that's a, that's a great point because I, I am, I, I am full fledged <laughs> a believer. So deep I, in driver mindset right now. <laughs> yeah. But I'm full fledged, full fledged a believer in like that. That is an, that is as revolutionary of a thing in putters as we've seen in a long time. And I feel like that is true because that does not get the talk that it deserves after the initial, the initial kind of boom happen now once tour play starts and we start seeing them in bags more and we start seeing all these things happen maybe that kicks up another notch or two and they're still really popular on on our thp community but uh that's a great one that's a great that's a and that's a being a putter it's typically more accessible to people than going out and spinning and and, and adopting a new, new driver and people are typically holding on to their putters for about 24 24 36 months now so it, it becomes time for a change they still play golf on tour that's still a thing Dude, I, I, I'm the, I'm the lone person I feel like in the world right now that is excited. Uh, like I watched two rounds this weekend. Oh, they, I, they played this weekend. Yeah. Like we, I, you missed all the 400 yard three irons. That's why we're rolling the ball back. <laughs> I was busy buying sports cards with my kid and I regret <laughs> nothing. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know that I want to go down a tour rabbit hole, um, we don't need to. We can circle back if if time allows for it. But there there is one thing I'm really curious about. Um, you, I believe it was you who made a a post on the THP forum talking about whether the changes that were being made, and and maybe you can present this a little better than I can by the governing bodies, good for golf or in the best interest of golf or something to that tune. And and I actually just got an email today which pissed me off. And, and I'm going to say that as politely as I can talking about how I have a nine hole score on my, uh, my gin that will be forcefully combined into an 18 score based on the stupid new rule they put in place. 
uh, for nine holes, they, they have this like calculator to create 18 hole scores from it. Um, so other than the fact that I want to like burn my handicap now, uh, <laughs> I really want to hear your thoughts on this new concept. Cause you play a lot of golf, but you have a tendency to play 18s, but what do you think about this new rule that says if you post a nine hole score, they will create an 18 hole number for you. I don't understand the why. Like I, the, and that's the, so the point with my thread was, was essentially that it's like the, the RNA and the USGA are considered the protectors of our game, right? They're considered the shield bearers, all of these other things. <laughs> Who the hell but, thinks that, but th- that's what they've been <laughs> built to from all these generations and yeah. all these things that go with it. And, and this is what they do. And they protect the integrity of the game, that integrity word that goes with it. So my question was simply integrity and everything else aside, do you really believe that the USG and the RNA have the best interests of the average golfer in mind? Because most of these things, other than what we were just talking about, which we'll get into in a second, but like when you get into the ball rollback, that has nothing to do with the average golfer. That has everything to do with the 1% tour golfer. So tell me why that is protecting me and why I should be a member of the USGA or anything else. And how is that helping me? Do you think they're actually safeguarding these things? And I know some will point to, well, the rules and the rules. Well, you and I have had the conversation before. The golf rule book is one of the most overcomplicated and overwordy things on planet Earth. As somebody who coached high school golf for almost a decade, that is the hardest thing to explain to kids. Well, they just need to read it. That, read it. Read They'll go what? cross-side. I yeah. go cross-side <laughs> when I read it. You read it and, and, and it... It's it's so overcomplicated and there's so many things that could be made so much more simple. So why are you not doing that if you're trying to be the gatekeeper and the protector of the game? Yeah, why are you worried about turning my nine hole score into an 18 hole score or whether or not I go play around with somebody or by myself? Those people who think that I want them to go read their grocery list. OK, <laughs> and then I want to walk away from that grocery list for 10 minutes and then I want you to regurgitate everything that's on that list because that's effectively the rules of golf because you have simplified then you have the rules then you have the decisions and none of it ties very well in together so you're, you're telling a, a 15 year old that they need to to understand that all I, I i was actually thinking about after i invited you to come on and talk today with me i was thinking about what can we talk about today can we just purely discuss the rules of golf now crazy they are um and, and it's I think funny. that would be a great episode. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I'll have you back on to talk through it because I have read. I, I'm probably one of. Listen, I, I think there are fewer people who. Let me see if I can build this correctly. I think there are fewer people who have read the rule books fully and understand them than there are people who need a ball rollback. Oh yeah. No, I I don't think there's anything crazy about that. I'm I'm like you. I I've read I've read the rule book. Let me let me add and this. every and every single year I read the changes and the updates and oh. the new the new case studies and examples and everything that we go down with it and the rulings and how to go from it. Even then, whenever like when I was coaching high school golf, I had to carry a rule book with me or on my phone at all times because if we're in a situation, there is a zero percent chance that me, who has consistently read that thing, is going to be able to pull that out of my butt and explain to those kids exactly what they need to do according to rule one dash two dash point whatever decision for gosh (laughs) you gotta be fired up now that's good because i'm gonna ask you this 
let me compare two examples here of what's more offensive what's a what, a, a deeper uh blow against the validity of a golf score you're on the eighth hole you uh you're in a divot in the fairway yes i'm doing this you take your foot and you kind of thump at the ball a little bit so it's now moved itself out of said divot and into a deliciously beautiful fairway lie okay you shoot a 38 on the nine and then they make up a 38 for you on the back okay i'm pretty sure that that works they just which make one, a which score one, up for you which one's which more egregious one is the more accurate score the assuming I'm going to shoot a 38 again is the, more, is the worst thing. <laughs> so what I love about this is I cannot tell you how many times people who play in men's leagues, people who play in nine hole leagues, people who play nine hole scores in general say this is bullshit because anyone can shoot a low score through nine holes. It's the 18 holes that always gets them. I cannot always. tell you how many times I've heard that. And it's not prompted by this rule change. This is all previous to that, where I sort of laugh at people and I say, no, I think moving up half a tee box, which is what our, our course does, we go to, from golds to combos, which makes the course a lot easier. I think that has a deeper impact, but you're going to go ahead and ignore that because you're upset. You just got boat raced by a 15. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah, <laughs> but the, the, the best part is people are genuinely bothered by it. people who need these handicaps to play in events or play in uh, leagues or play against their friends are genuinely irritated when they have to post nine hole scores. So, so what's the question or sorry, what's the, what's the solution here? Do you ignore that you played a nine hole and wait for the next one and then just post the two combined by yourself? Is that skirting the rules now? I mean, technically, yes, but I think I think you're going to have two solutions from people that really do care about their handicaps. It's going to be that I'm going to hold that nine hole card until I play another nine, or whenever I play nine holes, I'm not entering squat no matter what. Well, that's the next part. I get on the oh, and let's let's add like six variables to this. I get <laughs> on my first hole. I've just come out of uh, a long day at the office. I'm pissed off, and I rip one OB. Oh, breakfast ball. That's fine. No big deal. Hit one down the middle. No problem. We continue on. Oh, look, I'm in a divot. I'm going to roll it out of that. Oh, look, I'm right beside the cup. I'm going to take a gimme here. Well, can't post my score now. I've been cheating all night. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, we every rule change like this, I'm not going to say every because that's really ignorant, but every rule change like this, it, it, it encourages people to skirt the rules more than they already do. Well, and- I, I think that's a fascinating piece. My biggest issue with it is you are creating, you're looking for a solution to something that there's not a problem with. No one on earth came into the year going, man, God, we need to do something about this nine hole stuff. <laughs> this nine hole score that's been dangling on my handicap no since one, November 15th. No one <laughs> was concerned about what their changes were going to and And what do they do? They step out and they're like, hey, we've got some good changes for you guys this year. <laughs> we're going to simplify the game. When you play nine, we're going to multiply it and make it 18. <laughs> Why? I, I want to know what goes on in those meetings or those emails. Can you imagine the email trail that's going on to say, like, this is a really good idea? I think a lot of golfers are going to really like this. It it goes back to the other thing. Have you spent 10 seconds 
asking golfers what they want? Well, it, it's twofold. Like one, that's what happens when you surround yourself by a bunch of yes people. Right. And two, I cannot put into words how disappointed I am in Mike Wan and the leadership of the USGA, because when all this happened, I thought, and you and I talked about it. I was like, man, that is a hell of a hire because of yeah. what he did with the LPGA. Yep. Like I, I, we may have said it on one of these shows that I was on with you. That is a hell of a hire. That is a fantastic one. And what has he done? He has done nothing. If not for the commissioner of the PGA tour, jacking up so badly, all eyes would be on the USGA right now and how they're messing up. I just, it blows my mind. It doesn't, <clears throat> it's a beautiful game that doesn't have to be that complicated. The rules don't have to be as complicated as they are. They don't. Well, I, I think in, uh, in competition play, uh, you I get think tighter. That's fine. There is a, a real fairness to that. I think in, in casual play, I think, the idea that people cannot make the best, most sensible decision for their score in an, in an attempt to keep an honest handicap is so unrealistic that it's crazy. You know, there are so many examples where people have come up to me and asked me like, hey, how do I drop here? I'm like, why don't you know that? And then once I've confirmed that they have no idea how to do mm -hmm. it, um, and after I've given them a little bit of grief, I say, I believe your best place is here. And this is the what you're supposed to do in this case. Now, there there has to be an understanding from these governing bodies that not only does is there a solid percent percentage of the golfing public not care about the rules in total, um, but there's a lot that just haven't spent the time to learn them and and really do their best to play as honestly as possible because creating a fake handicap it only hurts them. Mm -hmm. If you're going to play in, in competitive rounds, it only hurts you if you roll it out of a divot or take a breakfast ball or take a gimme, you know, but we're all willing to do that because it's a hell of a lot more fun than grinding over a foot putt. There's no need for it. Yeah. And I just, I mean, I will always come back to like, I am all for playing the game by the rules. I'm not saying that we should take the rule book, throw it on the ground, pee on it and light it on fire. I'm not saying that. I am saying, however, like whenever I, I am around high level junior golfers that still struggle with the correct ruling and they've been playing this game the right way, quote unquote, like these people will tell you, they've been playing the game the right way since they were six. There's a problem. There's a disconnect. Well, they need to read the rule book. That's fine. You and I just talked about it. Anybody who says that most of the time probably has not read the rule book or they're a psychopath. <laughs> well, and, and here's the other point and sort of wraps up the conversation. Reading this rule book is not enough. You need no. to, you need to spend a, a need real world examples, a committed amount of time going through that book to really genuinely remember it all uh, within a percentage point of accuracy. Cause reading it here, <laughs> you, you might pick up 20%, including at least seven emails to your buddy saying, Hey, do you know this shit's in the, in the rule? Well, I, can, I can just tell you as somebody with ADD, it is not an easy thing to read. Dude, it, it's something. <laughs> uh, yeah. But, but to, to, to go full circle, I think it's super funny because of the amount of times I've heard criticism about posting nine hole scores and playing in nine hole matches. 
the the amount of issue that people have taken with that to now say that well your nine hole scores are going to be doubled, um, and and marked as eighteen. Like I can't wait for some of these email chains to start popping off in the in the spring when these guys actually find out about it because I know they have no idea at this oh, point. Not right now. Not in January. They they might now because they probably got the same stupid email I got from Jen saying <laughs> I'm getting doubled up here soon. Um, it, it's going to start filtering around and people are going to lose their minds. I, I think the easiest choice is to allow players to create a nine hole handicap and an 18 hole handicap, assuming there's enough activity. I, I think that's a curious way of doing it. But the other thing is just leave it the hell alone. <laughs> you're, you're changing things that you don't really have. Like you don't have to make a change. Yeah. Well, the, the other funny part about that, um, and and I, I really do want to bail on this conversation <laughs> is that I've heard a lot of leagues. They'll, they'll create a handicap that evolves throughout the, the season. So it doesn't matter where you go and play during the other days of the week. Your handicap is reflective of your scores for the entirety of that season only in your league. I, I think it's a really interesting way of looking at it because it eliminates the ability for guys to go and make nonsense scores and post them and make a handicap uh-huh. and, um, and just lay waste um and it it allows players to evolve throughout the year and i don't know how much of it changes week over week or how much of it allows for a drop off but there are countless ways that we rule um over this game in our own way that we don't require a handicap uh, adjustment like this to be functional uh, i i think that that once again just proves that it, it's such a, 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 I hate this term, a, a bird's eye view, I'll say a bird's eye view <laughs> solution to a, a finite level problem. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And it's just, I don't know. Why are we so complicated? <laughs> why is golf so, why are we complicated? In you general, I mean, golf we, could get in, we could get into life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know, man. I, I think it's been a fun chat. Is there anything that's just eating at your soul right now as we close in on middle of January and, and try and patiently await decent weather? Not, I mean, not really. It's about to pick up for me. I got the PGA show in a couple of weeks, so it'll be cool to go back there. It's been, it's been several years. Um, and you know, then business kind of picks up and hopefully, hopefully we do a little more traveling golf this year. We, I like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it sounds like i'm going somewhere for golf sometime yep i'm in <laughs> well my friend do you have any questions for me today i no. don't i don't man behaving no, i'm just no. living the. i'm just living the dream okay okay i i look forward to um this update you said something new is coming something different something, is happening something. we'll have something to talk about next time okay we're talking about james the the j-man indoor simulator mm-hmm. setup Yes. Uh, so that's pretty exciting. And um, yeah, if, if you are dying to read about all the new equipment, if you haven't spent a lot of time about it uh, with it yet, go, go check out what James is writing uh, as well as Ryan and Dean on the THP homepage. They well, are, maybe, maybe not Dean. Yeah, he's all right. Okay. I like him. He, he did good last week. We had a he good did time. Good. He did good. Uh, yeah. Go check out what they're saying on the homepage. There's, there's a ton of really interesting uh articles up there and forum threads where thpers like yourselves probably are talking through the new product and and getting geared up and excited 
for what I assume is going to be another exciting year in this sport. If, if the tour can sort itself out and the governing bodies can sort themselves out and the, as long as they don't start playing nine whole rounds, <laughs> James, I appreciate you, buddy. Thanks for having me on, man. Hey, if you guys are playing golf this weekend, please have a good time. Think of me while you're doing it. I believe the high on Monday here is like 18. Um, and that's not the number of holes I'll be playing. That's the number of beers I'll attempt to drink while hiding inside. Uh, please have a good time. Make it count. And we'll see you guys next week. THP Radio on the Hackers Paradise Podcast Network. Your number one source for all things golf. Subscribe on iTunes to never miss an episode.